0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. Twenty-one plus. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire one hundred and sixty-eight hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: It's not another Buffalo podcast with John. How do you usually cope
2: with these bills, losses? Because I don't. I don't know about you. I myself usually go through some variant of the seven stages of grieving where you basically start with anger and depression and then you end up coping and bargaining and and eventually get to this place
3: where you can sit and do a podcast, I guess. It's just one of those deals, man. I wish... Why the hell can't we rush three guys and get pressure? Like, why? It's like, you ever watch um, Arrested Development where George Blue Sr. is crying? And he's like, why does Oscar have hair and I have money? Why can't I have money and have hair and Oscar have
1: nothing? And rando. So
4: bad, dude. It's so bad. Oh, my God. I don't even know what I'm saying. (laughs) I, I can't close. I can't. I can't.
2: Well, welcome back to Not Another Bad Loss Podcast. Uh I'm John and uh <laughs> I'm here with Pat right now. Brandon's is gonna join us in a second, but bad loss, um I, I think this one stings not just because of of where this year, you know, was headed and still may be headed, but but the historical stuff with the Pats. But Pat, how are you doing after uh after that one?
3: Well, I mean to quote uh, the immortal Trent Reznor of Nine Inch Nails, I don't like the look of it. I don't like the taste of it. And I don't like the smell of it. But here we are, boys. <laughs> um, you know, I, I feel like I'm a child going through some, some whatever young adult trauma, even though now I'm a full grown adult. But what can you do?
2: Pat and I can see each other through video right now, but obviously we don't record video for the podcast. Uh, Pat is rocking an awesome uh, Buccaneers jersey, to, and he's already moved on to Bucks week. Um, Bucks week, is, dude. Yeah, good move.
3: Yeah, it's a Mike Allstott jersey because I know that if Mike Allstott played for the Buccaneers right now, we would lose next week's game 70 to nothing. So um, thank <laughs> God he doesn't play running back for the Tampa Bay Bucks anymore. But
2: yeah. Uh, we'll we'll get to that matchup because I, I think that's an interesting game, and I, I hope the bills can turn it around really fast, but I don't know. Um, obviously we got a lot to talk about some some questionable decisions by the coaching staff um some some critical plays that didn't go the bill's way and the Patriots only throwing the ball three times and and not getting the bill's not getting the chance to expose Mac Jones for the phony he is. And so that kind of hurt a little bit. but I don't know. Yeah, we, you and I were texting about this after the game, so I guess we'll start with this. But I, I was never more upset in that game when I saw Tyler Bass trot out onto the field, and not because I, I like I love Tyler Bass. I mean, but Sean McDermott sending him out on the field at some really inopportune times when
3: yeah into the wind.
2: That, yeah, I thought that the first time was actually after they scored their first touchdown. I even with the wind, I'm like, why are you kicking the extra point right here?
3: Yeah, let's go for two, right?
2: You know, you definitely want to match them on, uh, on their score there, but that was nothing compared to kicking a field goal down four four points in the fourth quarter. Like, I mean,
3: and to to push back though, Johnny, if Tyler Bass makes that field goal, then we come back on that last drive. We kick a field goal and basically we win the game. Yes, but I, I agree with you. There's too many variables to say to to rely on two made kicks, um, in, in that situation. I get it. Like I get that mentality. But if you actually play out those
2: scenarios, so let's say they do make it, right? They're kicking off into the wind. New England's probably going to get good field position. Probably just as good as if they had missed the kick, right? You know, probably about the 30, 40-yard line. If you look at that, so Bill's down one. If the Patriots go and score, maybe yeah. they kick the field goal. But if they go for two, you're still down two scores. And if if you hold them to a field goal, you're, you're down by four again. Yeah. So you still have to go and score a touchdown, right? So in most scenarios, you got to score a touchdown on that next drive, no matter what. And the reason I say, even if you do stop them and you can go kick that game winning field goal, you'd literally have to be inside the 10 yard line to even attempt yeah. that. Yeah. So, like what you're be, saying yeah, because they were going into the win for the fourth quarter. So I just don't get the logic behind that because there's like, you had very little to gain from making that field goal and they lost so much about- to, Yeah. So oh, much to gain from scoring a
0: touchdown there.
3: I, I felt like even the first even the first situation where Tyler Bass came out there and kicked a field goal, they could have gone for it as well. Like, you know, especially like they were saying, when you have the wind at your back, like Yeah. And like I get it. It's it's fourth and seven, but don't you feel
2: good about the Bills on a third and seven? Don't you think yes. that there's at least a 50-50 shot? And I know that those decisions didn't necessarily like make or break the game. And maybe they would have like, maybe it would no, have made, they made a difference. A, oh,
3: dude, are you kidding me? Sean McDerm- he had a, he had a repeat episode when he was kicking field goals against Andy Reid, trying to go into half down nine. Like, no, I, I agree. And
2: honestly, I don't know. There was so many frustrating things about this game. It is. I mean, I can't imagine how exhausting it is for a defense to get run on constantly, but it was exhausting to
3: watch. Yeah. Like, I mean, they, that being said, they made some good adjustments at the end of the game, really like,
1: you know, he I did. can see
3: whatever Matt Milano ended up doing at the end. They, they Like during the commercial break, they were showing like half of the commercial and then like half McDermott screaming in Milano's ear. But whatever information he got from Leslie or whoever was up in the booth, like that was, but I mean, if you hold it, there's no reason that it, if Josh Allen's making $43 million a year, you got Stefan Diggs on the squad. There's no reason that you can't put up at least 14 points. Like we had this conversation after the Jacksonville game. And in that game, the weather wasn't even a factor. Like it's, yeah. it's just frustrating because... I mean, uh, shit, man, I, we build a dome and he might still miss Cole Beasley at the end of the game. I love Josh, Allen; he's my favorite Buffalo Bills player of all time, but at this moment in time, I, uh, uh, it's hard to, I mean, I think I, I mean, it was just my opinion. I think we'll limp in the playoffs, maybe 10 and seven. I don't see us losing to the, the Falcons. You know, I don't see us losing to the Jets and I don't see us losing to the Panthers, but that, I mean, I could see us beating the Patriots again. Honestly, it was a lot closer matchup than I thought it would be, but it, it's just frustrating, man. Cause I, I really thought the defense played well, everything considered. And I mean, other than that one Damian Harris run where, I mean, that was like, that seems to be our defense's problem. I mean, yes, we did get, I think they averaged like what, like six and a half yards a carry or something, but still like a lot of those yards came on that. What was it? 76 yarder. Like, yeah.
2: Yeah. And, and you can also say like, yes, it, it usually looks really bad when a team lets up 200 yards rushing 200 plus. But also, it looks pretty good when you give up less than 300 total yards of offense. Yeah. And the, they only score 14 points. You know, they gave up, what, 27 yards passing or something like that off of two completions. I mean, so I can't find very much fault with the defense. Um, they did get critical stops when they needed them. Oh, absolutely. Like like you said, I mean, I wish they would have made that Matt Milano adjustment earlier. But, you know, what can you do and you didn't have AJ Klein in this game. I think that if you have AJ Klein instead of Tyrell Dodson, maybe you can run oh, some four. Dude, three.
3: I, there were so many plays where that Terrell Evans or Tremaine Edmonds was like, "Dude, he's over pursuing." And then there were so many plays where, like, I don't even know who it was—Joe Tooney or whoever was playing guard—you know, was just pulling right in his face, or the guard was getting a free release in front of him. Like, I don't—I don't even know if that's a defensive lineman's fault, of Star's not taking up enough space, or what the heck the deal is. But I felt like. I thought I honestly didn't think Dotson played that poorly. Like I, I think you were right for them. Like I, I I didn't really have any experience this year seeing them really run a four three like they did to start the game. But I felt I think like it, it,
2: it, I saw this stat. Um, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but I saw the stat before this game um, that they hadn't actually run four three. I think for any snaps since like week six or something like that, or like or had three lineback true linebackers on yeah. the field which is super surprising to me. And I, I might have to go fact check that. Cause I, I but I, I thought that I was, that was shocked surprising.
3: when I saw him and, it, and it's one of those things too. Where it's like, I can't even fault Leslie Frazier because it's like when Damian Harris scored that long ass touchdown run, what'd they have like nine guys in the box, 10 guys in the box. And that's great. But if you over pursue her, this guy makes a cutback. There's no one back there. You know what I mean? To track exactly. him down. And it, exactly. I, I don't even know if that's necessarily a defense. That's just kind of Leslie gambling. But uh, yeah, it's just, it's just frustrating. And I felt like, dude, why didn't we have Josh Allen thrown into the wind the whole game? Like our running he game was anemic. He,
2: he looked <laughs> fine. And honestly, like I'll, I'll say this too. Um, and I think that this is the reason why we saw this offense in, in the Jags game too. But I think that them, they try to run so much. It's, it's like more of a problem than them actually being bad at running.
3: Yeah. Like they pass to run instead of run to pass. Yeah, it, well, it's like they they just run too much. But well, did, did you see the sequencing was like very strange too? Because there were like three consecutive drives where it was pass, run, pass. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it
2: was strange it was very sequencing. But we're going to go ahead and uh, bring in Brando here. Uh, Brando was at the stadium and uh, got to enjoy that. That's no firsthand. Enjoy. Who said anything
4: but, about enjoying last night? So far, we've talked about the McDermott
2: decisions, to kick, um, the defense and how it really wasn't that bad of a performance from them and, Not um, deep you know, what's 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 up with the
4: offense and, and I guess whose fault is it? But well, if you if you take away Damian Harris, his long run, what, 60 yards? Was that what it was? It was
3: like 70 something. They said it was the longest run since Curtis Martin, who's in the Hall of Fame now, which is like, I mean,
4: well, it's, it's (laughs) wild because if you get rid of that run, it's, it's very much the same way Tennessee's running game was where they really only average about three and a half yards per carry outside of the one big gash play. Right. But it looked like in the game that they were just churning out yards. Um, but We, the defense got stops when they needed it. Right. So the blame is one for four in the red zone. The blame is a dozen first down run plays that are just throwing away. It's like I'm lighting dollar bills on fire. I have a $40 million quarterback, a $15 million receiver, a line that can't run block, but is decent at pass blocking. You know, we have we, we literally drafted this guy, paid him $40 million and he was, he played good. Josh played good. I thought, um, it comes down to, I, I really think Dable and McDermott don't agree. Nah, man. I, mean, I, I feel like there's a little conflict there because we saw no play action from under center, which ah. was bread, bread and butter the last couple of weeks.
2: Yeah, only um, a couple of plays here and there. Yeah, but
4: not very nearly few, as much as they few. should have been. Um, you had digs drop the touchdown, okay, right? That's I mean, that's the I, hardest, I, I, that's the hardest catch, to, right?
3: Because that's what I asked Johnny. Like, in the stadium, it's got to look insane. Like, it, I wasn't watching it live. For as much as I was angry that he dropped it, like, I mean, he had to change shoulders like three times. And then, I mean, well, the ball was on the money. my mind
4: out, though, was the ball was on the money. He put his arms out. Like, he didn't even it. see it. He just put his arms out. And every now and then you get lucky like that. But the fact that that even got close with how high the ball went in the air, and digs his route. I mean, that's a hard route. It's it's like uh, that that fade away double move into the corner, right? Um, well, it's a slant and go. But he yeah. was going towards the the pylon, right? So it's a slant, but it's, well, a, it's go, a slant so and go.
2: It, it's a slant and go, but the throw is actually supposed to be over his opposite shoulder, I think, on his inside shoulder. And I think shoulder. the wind might
4: have pushed it a little bit.
2: Exactly. So he's adjusting. It's a tough catch, even without the wind. If you're if you're switching shoulders and trying to find the ball mid flight.
4: But and uh, if you're looking yeah, up into those lights, it was, it was snowy. Like I would look up and it looked like a snow globe. Even yeah. when it didn't look like it later on in the game, like it, you still, you might not have been able to pick it up, but it was spitting. Yeah. Like yeah. The whole time. I will say too, we were
2: talking about Dawson Knox's drops and I know on at least two of those, there was a defender's hand, like in the, the first the two, is.
3: the first two though were like inexcusable, like, yeah. I don't know and that false start if nothing else if he caught all his passes during the game and that false start still happens like I feel like that was the difference on the last drive. Not that, I mean, it shouldn't, it should never come down to a penalty and this team is better. losing a
4: game on a penalty, but you're right. And it's this, this little stuff, this stupid bill Belichick, right? This guy walks in, he's got shriveled little face. I'm sure he's got shriveled other things up too, but this dude probably still bigger
3: than Sean McDermott's shriveled things. But um, I don't
2: know if if you guys saw my tweet, but but it was nice of them to take 200 pounds off of bill Belichick and that little graphic they had to start the game.
3: Yeah, oh, like, the video game. I was thinking yeah. that he looked happy and skinny. <laughs>
4: Who's <laughs> this man? It's not Bill Belichick.
3: And also, Josh McDaniels looks like he's gained about 200 pounds. WTF. Anyways, that sorry. relationship
4: weight, bro. He's been, he, he's pretty happy with where he is. He doesn't want to go anywhere new. He doesn't have to take care of himself. Hell, I mean, he threw <laughs> two passes yesterday, two completions yesterday. Well, they ran true. three plays Josh yesterday and won a game. That's
3: true. I'd be fat as Ridiculous. f***. I was Josh McDaniels too, man, honestly. <laughs>
4: but Yeah, right. But no, so it kind of <laughs> is a, as a point to this is like, who dictated the game yesterday from the get-go?
2: Oh, it's 100% the Patriots. They played Bill their Belichick. game. Yeah, it's... It's,
4: it's exactly it's literally what we said like, on Tuesday, last week.
2: Like, there have been multiple points in my life where I'm like, okay, did Bill Belichick and Tom Brady each separately make deals with the devil? Because, yes. like... You know, the tuck rule, you know, when it comes down to it, like the super critical game, it's like he gets the weather that he needs. That's brings these brings these teams closer like
4: if this. But you know what else with, with all of this stuff, we, we put it into perspective. One false start penalty is not going to end the game, but when it's a false start penalty after a bad sack. After Josh has always taken these, man, once again, at least when crunch time, he's taking these bad, like he slipped and he got back up, but he went back down again. And that's a huge play because, you know, you go from what, third and three to like third and 16 from the 18 yard line. And it's like, what are you going to do? You're going to run a play and get 20 yards when Josh, you're going into the wind at that tough direction into the wind at that point. And the other thing is, is uh, I just, you, you think about it and it's like, if you see the stat line. Eric Wood was like, oh, there are going to be more than two completions in this game. It's not going to be like the Cleveland-Derek Anderson game. No, but I I'm literally,
3: just, I it felt exactly like the Derek Anderson game. I
4: took game. a bite of my McChicken in the blizzard that I was waiting for to pass while I was driving. And I'm listening to him. I'm like, he obviously is not looking outside right now. Like, this guy is a little behind on the weather because <laughs> it's going to yeah. be like that. And then it ended up with two completions. And I was like, but all of this stuff together... Besides the fact that this team had 10 days to prepare for this game, they had their their guys back and they can't stop the run. And I think Klein going out really hurt last minute. Yeah, we, like, we were talking about that a little yeah, bit too. Yeah,
3: I, I thought Dotson played well, honestly, man. Yeah, I felt like yeah, they
2: were... They, Dotson, like, Dotson played okay, but still, they were still better off with Taron Johnson, you know, hitting his run fits uh, in the nickel.
4: If we would have stayed, it or not. like their, their answer to 4-3 was what? Third quarter, they switched to 4-3? I don't know exactly what point because John was they, saying
3: they hadn't ran four or three since week six or something on the and books. On week six
4: they might have ran it twice like yeah like it's a very small percentage of plays but that's because they don't need it but this is the game that you need it if if New England played with the one extra offensive lineman almost the entire game like they they had six zero line on the on the field for like the every play I mean they ran what whams powers and traps against our D line and it absolutely succeeded and. They they took our best feature on defense, which is all of these turnovers from our secondary. They didn't even give him a chance to affect the game because they only threw it three times. So they really neutralized our best bet on defense and on offense. Man, oh, here's my thing. He said he doesn't trust McKenzie. He doesn't trust Stevenson. Stevenson. Yeah,
3: but I mean, is Micah Hyde going to break any ankles out
4: dude, there? Dude, answer me this. Devin Singletary has five fumbles on the year and he's getting handoffs on first down, on second down. And then
3: Brita, dude, he like broke the golden rule of youth football. You don't lunge at the ball. You let the quarterback hit you in the gut, you know? And it's like one (laughs) of those things, you know, uh, that's just like, I mean, it's not, on. I'm sure it was cold as hell. And he was probably just like, yo, I'm just trying to snag this. so I don't, you know, but like that, that Brita fumble was a kick right in the nuts. And then like, I don't know. It's like one of those (laughs) deals too, where, I mean, I I think we make excuses a lot for this. And don't get me wrong. Great defense. But the numbers don't lie, boys. Okay? PFF, they have linebacker rating for 46 linebackers in the NFL. Okay? Over production per play. So, Matt Milano, number one out of all the linebackers. You know where Tremaine Edmonds is on this list? And I hate to say it because he's good. Tremaine Edmonds is a rookie. One of my favorite Buffalo Bills. Not even 18, dude. 36 out of 46 linebackers dude he was like it, i mean and it's not to say it was his fault but he was really like i mean it, getting the block on him was the determining factor in the patriots running the ball and i mean obviously you can't do when you have a lineman free releasing onto you like what are you gonna do you can't really you know, unless you can bench press off oh. 500 pounds but you know it's just like one of those deals i just i hope this is his last season in a bill's uniform and i hate to really? say it,
4: no yes no, yes. No. Give him trade the exact him, same trade deal him. the Milano got.
3: Oh, dude, I
4: I, I saw what be, I Nate would... Gary tweeted. Matt Milano, or not, not Nate Gary. Uh, somebody tweeted Jermaine Edmonds for Saquon Barkley, straight up. Who says no? And I say no.
3: No, that's a, yeah. that's a trash yeah, deal. I'd no. Yeah, <laughs> I'd trade him for that Patriots second stringer, though, man. I mean, that guy was you, <laughs> Harris you, or Stevenson. No, not Damian Harris. Uh, uh the the heavier set guy.
0: Um,
4: Stevenson.
3: Stevenson. Yeah, man.
4: I got like, Stevenson on my fantasy,
3: team. and that's the other thing that upsets me, boys. Is like. Okay, we're like, oh, we we need to make excuses for Zach Moss because we got him in the third dude. round. And well, we no, didn't there's spend, no it's excuses. like Damian Harris is this from dude, the third round too, bro. And he's
0: all pro. It right? had to have been,
4: I don't know, man, because I could have hit the hole on the outside of the first and sixth play and he decides to cut it up inside. I Any of us could have ran it in. And he decides yeah. to cut it upfield in between the tackles. Like, why? Is it? Is that subconsciously you're just you you don't think you're fast enough, man? It's like it's like a big who's open for a three-pointer. It's like, but he's going to drive into the lane of four defenders anyways because he's not going to take the shot that is right at that time. And that's terrible. Put Matt Brito. Give McKenzie the handoff from the backfield. Like Ty yeah. Tyreek Hill gets handoffs. Why is, why is he not even suited up, man? That's what I don't get. Why don't you they have... They said he didn't it? trust him, but Devin Singletary... Who's fumbled the ball five times is still getting carries. I mean, call up Antonio Williams. He hasn't fumbled the ball yet. No, oh, dude, why is Antonio Williams not played yet with our anemic run game? I mean, I don't know. But we talked about this in the beginning of the year too. Remember we were talking about the philosophy change of McDermott and you know the kick was stupid. First of all, down four, and also wouldn't you want to go punch for punch? Like, wouldn't you want to go for two because you were you chased that point? Oh well,
2: yeah, <laughs> you we chased we that are, point the whole we, time. We we already talked about that. Yeah, it's like that was both of those kicks were stupid. And, and we should
3: have. We had the play made on that two point conversion. It's just Levi Wallace couldn't get off the block, and then Micah Hyde just couldn't get over it. soon enough. It's like we had the right schematic, you know, alignment calls. And it, it, I just. Do you think Bill Belichick knew it was going to be that huge to get the two point conversion? Yes. With I think he did. Whatever six minutes left in the first quarter. Yeah. But well, you know the other thing. I, I, I think that he didn't think
2: that the two point conversion was important. He was just like, Kicking Okay, me. we're probably going to miss the field goal. You know, like that's the only reason teams take one point instead of two because it's a layup compared to shooting a three
3: pointer.
4: The dude had a high school game plan. You don't Kick every dude. I was literally
3: thinking about that dude as they were running these plays. I was like, "Holy crap! I feel like we're back at OACs." It's like
2: like the Dow double wing offense, literally. And then they're like,
3: like, and then Steve Levy's trying to make some football points, and he's like, "When the guard is pulling, you gotta try to meet him in the hole before he gets there." It's like, no, no, Steve, I have no idea, but. (laughs) I don't I don't know. I like you said though, Johnny, I mean I gotta imagine physically that's gotta take a toll on you when you get the ball run. They said what did they have they had thirty three 40, consecutive 46 run plays?
4: Forty six carries and three passes was there. Thirty two in a row. Thirty two in strike. a row. I
3: mean that's that's gotta take a toll on you physically. Those guys that's gotta be feeling nuts.
4: it. At what point Do you just say in Madden, you can just guess the run like you can guess run or guess pass. But it looked like nobody guessed the run because in Madden, if I guess the run, I get everybody crashing in and everybody's trying to make a stop. But if I guess, you know what
2: I used to do, I used to just in Madden, I'd line up in special teams, field goal block, dude. That's how you stop the run in Madden if you know they're going to do it. Why didn't
4: they try to dictate Mac Jones more? Why didn't they try to stack more boxes? I felt like Well, the box was stacked on that
3: that Damian Harris run, though. They had nine guys in the box and then they had no one back home. <laughs> but it's like one of those deals too, Brando, we were getting penetration and they were taking advantage of that. They whooped our ass on a bunch of traps, a bunch of counters. Dude, the traps being
4: were, were great. The, us the way being aggressive. That Belichick
3: did that. Like, I mean, and it, it only happened one time with Matt Judon, where Josh Allen was able to escape. But like defensive players are just getting too far downfield, and like in the moment you're not thinking about that. Shit, you know, you're not. And like I wouldn't, I'd be like, Yo, like, I'm AJ making a, play, I'm making a play,
4: and then you're like, Oh wait, the ball's four yards behind. Yeah, me. I'd be like, Yo, I'm yeah. AJ Finnesse.
3: I'm six foot five, two hundred seventy pounds. I'll do whatever I want. But like I don't know, it's just those little things. Like we were in there, we were first for as big of a size differential as there was between their offensive line and our defensive line. And that was a huge differential. We were still getting penetration. It was just, they were taking advantage of that aggressiveness in a way that I felt like, you know, we we just didn't have an answer for it. I look at someone like Trent Brown. Did you see him? Like how big no, he was not. compared to everyone else. But anyways, sorry. Brando.
4: No, you're right. I just got two points and then I got to get out of here. Um, first point is, these close games that we're losing this year is coaching, right? If we last year we were what, five and zero in one score games and this year we're oh and four. Yep. Um, the difference is the little offsides plays. The difference is these little sacks that we take. The difference is miscommunications, the difference is turnovers. It's these little things. And I mean, I as a basketball coach, it's like for me, if I don't have an inbounds play on an offensive play and the other team does, and they score six or eight points on those plays, they win, right? It's these little plays that make a difference. And those are all by the coach. So McDermott's got to figure that out. He looked pissed all night. So, I um, mean, you know, he's capable. But I think that they need to get on the same page. Him and Dable will need to hash it out, have some coffee, figure out what's going on in the red zone. But the, the second part of it is, is just watching that game last night. It's like watching a fight, man. It's like I was thinking of the Rocky movies, whereas like Belichick is like they took away our best thing. Right. OK, so we're not going to knock him out. They were able to cut us by a thousand paper cuts. Like they just stayed, they stayed, they stayed. They ran their offense. They stuck to their game plan, and we couldn't finish. Like we got tired out at the end. It was like you know, our like Rocky's taking all these punches, taking the punches, taking the punches, and then by the time twelfth round comes around, their guy's tired. Rocky just has to land one, and and he wins. And we're not Rocky in the situation, right? Bill Belichick played yeah, it was us straight
3: up Apollo Creed Ivan Drago yeah. type deal. Yeah,
4: he he played <laughs> us, man. He he got us to do what he wanted us to do and I just you know we threw the ball 30 times in 50 mile an hour wins and I left the game thinking they should have thrown it more yeah um, and I just left the game thinking we didn't have the talent at the backfield position which and is on really... the offensive
3: line position dude this Deion Dawkins is laying an egg this year dude he's I mean I don't like to single out guys but dude if you watch like he he's he's had to have given up a sack and probably at least like how many games have we played
4: his pressure <laughs> rate is like sub eight percent, which is the best of his career right now, which is freaky because the eye test says he's not doing great, right?
3: Yeah, no, it is interesting. I don't but, know. I just and it, even Spencer Brown, I felt like was struggling. I mean, granted, it's Matt Judon who's like, I mean, he's a pro's pro, all pro, but yeah. I don't know. I just was. I, that's the one thing that concerns me is like, I, I just think we're a couple offensive linemen away, and maybe you know some some better linebacker play away from
4: from really. Well, if you if you tell me that you hold the Patriots to two completions, um, think about this. What What's your stat line? Okay, they rush 46 times for 250 yards. If somebody threw the ball 46 times for 250 yards, are you happy? No, no, you're pissed, yeah. No, you're happy, dude. You throw the ball 46 times for 250 yards. Yeah, you're happy a, a defense. I'm that's sure Pat was talking oh, about oh, that. Oh, yeah. I thought yeah. you were
3: talking about as an offense. I was like, no. No, I, no, if, if you, you hold them to that,
4: right, that's yeah, what you want. Yeah. You want that game plan, and I feel like... Being able to go two for four in the red zone is the difference in the game, right? That fumble was a huge fumble. Uh, took points away from us and gave it to them. And being able to score off the fumble to answer was good. Gabe Davis got involved, but I needed to see more. But gentlemen, I have to go teach some math. We need to learn what one more than seven is and one less than two is in our shapes today. So we have math. Right um, nice.
2: Make sure make sure you teach them. Make sure you teach them about two point conversions and. Uh, yeah.
4: Two is greater that, than and one,
2: that, and that field goals are only worth three points and not four. So that was stupid. So
4: <laughs> I don't know. I uh, I look forward to hearing what the rest of it you have to say, but that was my experience. It was windy and it was cold. I didn't get home till two in the morning, and I was at school at six thirty. So um, we're here. We're we're making it work. My kids are tired. Everybody's tired. Uh, yeah, man. All I know is there's Brando's.
3: If your basketball team played like that, you'd be like Bob Knight throwing a throwing a chair
4: across the court. Dog, <laughs> They're getting benched, man. I'm calling up somebody. I'm calling my team manager to go run the ball <laughs> if that's Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary needs a step or something. So, but, all right, gentlemen. I will right, uh, thank you, talk to you all later. Brando, yes, Mr. H, care.
3: much appreciated, dog. I, I'll tell you what, though, man. I, I just... Do you think... I? I People are calling for McDermott's job, but that's impossible. If you can't go from making the playoffs three or four years for a franchise that didn't make it for seventeen years and lose your job, it's just not how being employed works. But that being said, yeah, no, I, I don't. Yeah, are, are you are you going
2: to transition into day ball? Like you think that?
3: Don't get me wrong, because I hated when Greg Roman was the coordinator, and we had to watch those boring a- games. And obviously, Tyrod Taylor is no Lamar Jackson. Great players, respectively, both of them. But like, there's got to be a in between point, man. It's just like. I don't know, and I don't know, I, I don't know if, I don't think Brian Dable's the one making personnel decisions, but at the same time, man, like, it's hard, especially like even in the red zone, dog, you're telling me the best red zone play you can think of is to flip the Gabe Davis play to the other side of the field? You know what I'm yeah, talking about on that, that possession? Yeah, rate? yeah,
2: exactly. And, and they should have been thinking about the wind at that point because it was it was not the right direction to be throwing that. If you keep it on the same side of the field, you're probably fine, you know, for that based on the... Uh, the direction of the win there, but yeah, I mean, it's it's tough, and I really do wonder how much um, McDermott is, is telling Dayball on the play calling because I don't think that Dayball is is a necessary. I could be totally off on this, but I don't think that he's the one who's so attached to running the ball. I think that, no, that I that's think something that's that Mac, like McDermott's really beaten it to death. And like, here's the thing: like they just don't have the personnel to run the ball. Uh, It's, it's come to that at this point, like it's not scheme. You can't scheme up a team to run the ball when their offensive linemen can't get, you know, you know, you don't have Richie Incognito out there pulling, like you don't have Marshawn Lynch or Fred Jackson in the backfield, you know, who have very good vision. You've got, you've got a quick running back who can't break off a long one. You've got a bulldozer who has no vision apparently.
3: And, I wouldn't even like, call him. He's a 210 pound bulldozer, my ass, dude. He looks like he looks like Jordan Peele from the Key and Peele East West Shrine Game. You know what I'm <laughs> talking about?
0: <laughs>
3: but if you, you look know, at Zach Moss, I, he does. But I, uh,
2: you know, I think it really took this game for me to think that because up until this point, I'm like, I was, I'm like, the backs are are fine. You know, running backs are a dime a dozen, and then there's a few elite ones. And so I'm teamed never draft a running back in the first round. Like I don't think that it's worth that kind of draft capital, but I think not that they should have, but I think that the Bills would have benefited from having that kind of caliber running back. I'm not saying they should have. Damian drafted Harris one. is a third
3: round pick, though. Exactly. That's yeah. that's
2: why, like, that's where you're meant to find running backs. And obviously, Damian Harris has a much different offensive line and scheme in front of him and, and stuff I mean, like that. But I
3: don't even know if John Taylor would be successful in a Bills uniform, honestly.
2: Yeah, but, I mean, he'd definitely be more successful than than uh, Moss or Singletary at this point, but definitely not as 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 good as he is when he's running behind like Quentin Nelson and stuff like that. So I, I don't know. I just last year they seemed to like embrace their their strengths and their flaws. And their strengths are passing the ball. Their flaws are running the ball. And this year it just seems like they're. Trying, to, they're trying to find balance, which is like this age-old phrase that we toss around for teams that can run the ball and pass the ball well. And you know, in the mid two thousands, you you did need that because you know you needed to. It was run and stop the run, and this thing, and you know, play action was uh, you know what won people Super Bowls. And but you can line people up and and throw the ball around the yard. Like quarterbacks have gotten even better, you know. Mechanics, coaching has gotten even better. Josh Allen is, Josh Allen would have been the best quarterback of the early 2000s, easy, like well, 2000 to to quote, 2005. To quote my
3: dad, to quote my dad, if Josh Allen played on the Patriots, they would not lose a game for the next five years. But, uh, and I, yeah. I really don't think that's a stretch at all. It really isn't. No. And I realize that
2: passing the ball and having no threat of a run game poses a, a problem for an offense because there's no, element of surprise. There's no getting mismatches because you're not going to get a linebacker on a running back or something like that. You know, that kind of matchup is what you get when you run the ball effectively. You get teams into 4-3 instead of nickel and, or, or dime or something like that. And, uh, you know, but if you're coming out in, in shotgun every single time and you're, you're, you're throwing the ball, I think you can still get those matchups if you're running like single back or bigger packages. And you, Dawson Knox is a matchup nightmare. But... I just it, I really don't like the pass run pass or the run run pass. I mean there they had a couple of nice runs like two maybe last night. I was really really surprised about the lack of Josh Allen designed runs last night. I literally
3: especially in the red zone man like at least have like a naked boot or something for the like I you
2: should have seen that, like that it was like 3rd and 1 at like the 50 yard line and I'm I'm sitting there saying okay this is where they run the Josh Allen sweep and then they come out in Josh comes out under center and I was like, oh, okay. Naked bootleg. And they go play action pass. And I actually think that was the one that they, they completed a dig. So that was fine. But like, they should have been running that all game. Like a little play
3: action, sit down yeah. in the zone. You know what the fewest amount of times now we're complaining. Oh, Josh Allen. Threw, what did he throw? What did he have 30 attempts? Do you uh, I know? think that's what Brandon said. I didn't see the stat, but. But you know what the minimum amount of attempts Tom Brady's had in a season or in a game this season is. How many? 34. He's at least thrown the ball 34 times and he's had a game where he threw it 55 times. So, you know what, when the Buccaneers need production, they say, all right, Tom, go out there, get us a W, you know? And it's like, it's, it's difficult for me because like you said, I mean, the Buccaneers for as good as their running back play is, you can't be balanced if the minimum amount of times you're throwing the ball is, is 33 in a game. Like, you know, you can win games like that. And it's, it's frustrating too, because I don't know. I, I, their running backs are also so good because like you said, they're able to commit to one or the other. And when you're when you're trying to find balance, Bill Belichick's going to be like, all right, there's four minutes left in the game. I'll play two high safeties and let you pick up some, some chunk yards. But Josh, I know you're not going to, you know, in the long run beat me. And it's like, you know, it, it's harder to keep them honest. And it's just, it's hard to watch as a fan. And uh, I don't know, like, I, I'm looking like towards future draft stuff. I mean, if I'm the Bills, right now I'm looking at, Brian Robinson Jr. out of the University of Alabama just tweaked his hammy. So hopefully he falls out of the first round in April. But like what position I, is I just, he? He's a running back. Uh running back. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I think that they 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 need a good guard too. Like they haven't had good guard well, play. And- yeah.
3: And Feliciano, we paid the guy, but like he hasn't been on the field. And we should have known. Like, I mean, honestly, though. I mean, he was talking about how he loved Naprivokane and Torbjegizic, which are like horse painkillers like and and then we're surprised that he couldn't play like more than half the games this season like I I, it's just we've paid him and it's kind of like the only lineman I'd say that we've paid that has like really panned out this year that we paid last year like Daryl Williams is playing pretty well all things considered but yeah he had had some
2: rough days at right tackle which was inexplicable honestly but at right guard he's he's been good yeah yeah
3: so I, I mean and I don't know it's like and I mean, as much as Spencer Brown did struggle, I mean, it could have been a lot worse. How many, it was Josh Tech, what, six times, I think? Maybe seven, depending, but. Uh, I don't even know if it was that much. Um, let me take a look.
2: But yeah, honestly, like, to get back to what we were talking about a second ago, I, I think that the time that I was most frustrated that they were running was when the Patriots were running the single high safety because they knew that the Bills wanted to run. And that was the time that, like, there was no indication that Josh shouldn't be throwing into the wind. Except for maybe that one time where he threw it to the right side of the field three times in a row and the guy almost picked it the third time. Josh's arm had confidence in the win. Like there was nothing that indicated to me that like there were no risky plays besides that 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 they're down. Um, but how many how many times was he sacked?
3: Why does it? it definitely was sacked more than twice? I don't know. Why it's only showing up two sacks.
2: Oh, uh, I mean I think that might've been, uh, maybe one of those times he got beyond the line of scrimmage. That's what you're thinking about. Um, Cause I remember that one where it looked like he was going to be sacked and it was gained of two. Um, so probably a couple of those where he makes it beyond the line of scrimmage and they don't count as sacks.
3: Yeah. I, I just, it was frustrating, man. I mean, and like you said, our defense is playing really well. That's, it's been our strong suit this year, but it's like, uh, I felt like, like you were saying about they could, they could have one safety back and dare us to run the ball because they have someone in the middle, like, like Godshaw, it, it, it defensive tackle that guy. I mean, he made everyone's job so much easier behind him. And it's it, the thing that scares me the most about this bills team that I felt like last year was a strength of ours. And the year before was absolutely a strength. This, I just worry this team doesn't seem like when Josh Allen first started that first year, when he went to the playoffs, when we were 10 and six, he had four fourth quarter comebacks. I think he had two last year. He doesn't have any this year. Like, You know, that's the one thing that worries me. Is like, and we've had opportunities to win games at the end of games. Like, I I just, I mean, in order for the Bills, it seems like to play their best, they have to out of the gate score enough points to where the other team is forced to pass. And like, uh, that's that's what scares me. Like you said, man. I mean, balance is balance until it's not balance. I, uh. I,
2: I think you're absolutely right. Like you hit the nail on the head. And the other thing that, if we're talking about things that scare us, is that this team gets like in every single one of these losses, two things. So they get a bossed around in the trenches on both sides of the ball and B you don't need to have good quarterback play to beat the bills. And I know we've no, talked about no. this before, but this
3: was terrible our, quarterback play. Trevor Lawrence yeah. looked like a Heisman winner. Yeah. And now he lost. Was.
2: we were and <laughs> two against rookies, rookie QBs this year, which we, you know, we had that checked off as, as wins on our, 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 you know, preseason score sheet. But anyway, so, Turning that forward, I mean, we'll we'll preview the uh, the Tampa game here in a second, but let's let's uh let's fit in a quick Sabers update.
1: It's time for the weekly Sabers update.
3: Do you think someone should tell Craig Anderson to retire? I'm pretty sure. Um, when you hit that 40 year mark, probably should get off the ice, dog.
2: Well, he's been off the ice. Everybody's hurt, so yeah. Arendel,
3: I mean, it seems like he's got a, a whole. Pulling his goalie pads as well. So, I mean, I don't know. We'll have to ask Mr. H next episode.
2: If you're a betting person, keep hitting that over on on Sabres hockey (laughs) games. If they're not going to score that many, God knows they'll they'll get scored against that many.
1: This has been your weekly Sabres update.
3: Well, they said that Sabres team, though, honestly, is like scoring a lot of goals. It's just they have poor goalie player or whatever, but... Yeah. Oh, well, everybody's hurt. Yep. And that's the other thing about the Bills, dude. No one was hurt. Like, it would be one thing. And it, uh, that's why I knew Trey Davis-White wasn't going to be a huge deal for this game. Like, I, the way the way other people were ringing the bell of terror, like, our, this game, we were going to get blown out because Trey Davis-White was... I, Dane Jackson actually played pretty well, but... Well, I'll say this. So I was,
2: I was actually making fun of Lewis Riddick because he's like, all right, you know, Patriots are going to run it to the outside, you know, you know, Tredavious White isn't out there. So Dane Jackson, you know, we're going to find out if he can tackle. I was like, Lewis Riddick, Dane Jackson is much better tackler than he is a defender. So, and of course on that play, as he says it, they run to Dane Jackson's side and it's a tackle for loss, you know, like, you know, fun making fun of Lewis. And I I like Lewis,
3: Lewis, your brother, Rob cherished very cherished part of buffalo bills history did you see lewis riddick though got too close to the heater and he burned his leather jacket dude that was hilarious <laughs> literally dude yeah. steve levy was like it smells like leather is burning and then lewis is like eh, i got too close to Ah,
2: <laughs> uh, that's funny yeah, so but, I I don't know. Yeah, I, I think that that's if we're going to talk about other scary things going forward, um, I don't think we learned anything in this game about how good Dane Jackson no, is going to no. be filling in for Trey. Um, obviously, because you know they didn't pass the ball, so that remains to be seen. He had a great pass defense. No, on he that, did. Next uh, third on pass. Mark, their own, their <laughs> only in <laughs> only incompletion yes. was count as a pass defense for Dane Jackson. So, you know, that was a good indication, I think. But I think that the true test is ahead of him. No. So.
3: Uh, just to check with you antonio brown is not playing correct
2: correct yeah he's
3: suspended did you hear that he uh,
2: faked his covid card dude,
3: what a and i like it. I, I i like you know i'm not i'm not going to say i don't like antonio brown as a player he's a very exciting player and i understand he does have mental health issues but that being said dude this guy was such a donkey that the reason the nfl didn't even know that his card was forged he just didn't pay his, he didn't pay his private chef he didn't pay the guy And he was only paying the guy like $40,000 and he couldn't even pay him that. And the guy got upset and he was like, listen, Antonio, I'm going to tell the whole league that you forged your cards. Like... What, Dude, if you just would have paid you, you're worth like a hundred million dollars. Russell Wilson pays his support staff like a million dollars a year, Antonio. You can't even you can't even pay the guy fifty thousand dollars, let alone forty thousand dollars. And you expect that he's not going to blackmail you. You expect that he's not going to blackmail you like, dude, come on. All you had to do is pay your chef. Like, come on, man. Oh, I love that take. It is, uh, that's what I, I was reading about it, though. And it's like the other thing is that he's putting people's lives at risk, dude. What? I mean, you know how many people it, like they wouldn't be able to trace it. All the people that he's gotten sick with COVID. They wouldn't.
2: Yeah. And he doesn't he probably doesn't have to adhere to uh, mask mandates around the facility or anything like that also. So when he's the only one on the that's team that's not
3: vaccinated, too, it's like.
2: And Rodgers did the same thing deceived people about his vac status and he didn't get suspended. So.
3: Well, then he said, I'm immune. Yeah, or whatever. yeah. So
2: I guess that's, that's the asterisk. Yeah. So
3: After he took some horse warmer, but, um, <laughs> I, don't know. I, I don't know. It, it seems like his
2: mane is growing. Uh, you know, maybe that's a side effect.
3: Well, that's the other thing. For as much as people get asked up about the bills need a dome. Listen, Aaron Rodgers has been doing it for damn near 20 years out there in a m- way more frigid environment than we have here in Buffalo, New York. You hear Aaron Rodgers saying, I need a dome. No, it's like, you know what I mean? Aaron Rodgers throw for 300 yards in the, in the snow. I guarantee you. I mean, he also has Aaron Jones, which we have no one close to that caliber in the backfield, but I, it's just frustrating, man. And I mean, I, that's why I don't even feel that bad going into this Buccaneers game. Cause you know what? Probably they're going to score a lot of points. We're going to score a lot of points when it's a track meet type game. That's yeah, good for us. Yeah. You're but not I, wrong.
2: And I, I have more faith in our defense to get a timely turnover. Um, and then the Bucks defense and the Bucks defense is good at that. So,
3: we're going to have to pass the ball like 50 times, though. They're they're like front four and their linebackers. Oh, are yeah. Like if we amazing. even tr- like, attempt
2: more than, you know, 12 rushes in this game, I'll be ticked. Like there is no reason you yeah. should try to run against this team. Your your pass, your your run game should be
3: three yard passes to Cole Beasley uh, on you know, or set up screens, all this stuff. And not to go back to your previous point, man, but like you're talking about Brian Dable not having a running game. When Brian Dable was in New England, man, he didn't He had James White. James White's not to say he's bad, but he's not good. <laughs> you know what? And they said, all right, James, we can't hand you the ball. We're going to throw you. We're going to throw you some swing passes out of the backfield. All right, Sony, Michelle, we're going to throw you some screens. Like there's ways to get these guys the ball that aren't just. And uh, what about Reggie Gilliam did not see the field? He was. And that that was is upsetting hurt. to me, too.
2: He was. Yeah, he was. was never he
3: because, dude, Tommy Sweeney was getting blown up, dude. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. For as good a blocker as Dawson Knox is, like Tommy Sweeney does not seem to have his crap together. Yeah, hear, so. at
2: least not lately. He He's known for being a decent blocker, but yeah, it, it he must have gotten blown up a couple times last night. But yeah, I don't know. How does... Or I know we always talk about how this affects your season outlook. And last night, obviously, I was incredibly upset, like inconsolable. Like, nobody talked to me, you know, and... Went to bed, had some time to think about it this morning and stuff like that. And as as much as we wanted the season to look differently, you know, we wanted to be talking about the one seed and, and stuff like that. Um, uh, I saw Anthony Marino on Twitter had a pretty good thread um, this morning that really enjoyed reading and made me feel a lot better. You know, uh, started off with uh, <laughs> like I didn't know the the Bills lost the Super Bowl last night or something to that effect. You know, that they're basically at seventy seven percent chance of making the playoffs right now. You know, down from ninety-two, so that is a significant drop. But it's still the division is still within their grasp. You know, they're two day, they're two games down on New England. But I think it's more plausible that New England wins two games the rest of the season, and we don't, or they win, they lose more than that. Well,
3: because they got the, are, are they playing? They, they got to play the Colts, and then they play the yep. Colts out of the bye. So I mean, I think they could drop that one. And I, I think we go into Foxborough and we beat the crap out of this team if we make a couple game because talent wise yeah. it's not even close. Talent wise, personnel wise, we are much yeah. more talented.
2: Yeah. And you but, know, obviously if the, you split the division with them, then and you win, you know, we obviously have a better division record at the end of the year, which is the first tiebreaker if we both have the same record. But yeah, so, you know, you still you're still going to make it into the playoffs and the more important point that I thought that uh Anthony made in this thread was that home field advantage, which is the thing that we all have sought after hasn't seemed to be that good this year. Yeah. Like, I mean, last night it was a home field disadvantage because of the weather, you know, the team got booed off the field at halftime against Miami, you know, and I'd feel pretty good if this team had to go into, you know, a dome or a warm weather place to play their playoff game, you know, and who knows what that's going to look like, you know, it could be, it could be going to Baltimore. It could be going to Tennessee which I take that game all day at this point.
3: Yeah.
2: I think that they beat them even with Derrick Henry the second time. Again, the season isn't won and lost, um, you know, in week, whatever it is, week 13 that we're in right now. And I think we just have to temper our expectations because the season, the season is won and lost at the end of the year in the playoffs. So we can definitely, if they lose first round of the playoffs, then by all means, you know, let's, talk it to death and and really get down on this team and and, and be depressed and all that stuff but season isn't over all you got to do is make it to the, the first round of the playoffs and you got a chance and it's uh, the, no. the records reset very, it very doesn't true. matter what happened it just matters that you're there so obviously it's easier with a first round by to make it deeper into the playoffs but it's all about who gets hot at the right time so you know if the Bills can find their identity and get rid of the little issues like the penalties and the drops and hit their stride. It's a team mentality thing. Like we talked about this before, like with the Jags game, it's, it's, it's a collective, it's a collective thing. Like when stuff starts going wrong, like when it rains, it pours. It's not like when your team is dominating, when you were the new England Patriots last night and you're rolling, like those guys were able to execute because they had the momentum, they had the confidence and it was working for them. You know, the, the bills had no confidence because they're getting run all over and they couldn't complete a pass. Well, I feel
3: like when Sean loses his cool too, like when Sean, and I like that he's passionate, but like the, the minute you see Sean McDermott, like get beat Reg, you're like, Oh my God. Like this team <laughs> is, we're, 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 we're fuming. And like, that's not always good. That's, I mean, for as much as we said penalties can't decide a game, you know, like on that fourth down spot. And then, then on the delay of game penalty, like Sean McDermott, like looked like he was going to have like an ulcer, like, and that's good. You should be standing up for your players. But like, I, I guess that's another thing that worries me is like, I mean, obviously you don't want to be like Dick Duran and just like take <laughs> it, like be a total submissive. But like for as much as we say, Josh Allen has to be composed in order to play his best. It's like, well, I would imagine that Sean McDermott has to be composed in order to, to manage the game to the best of his abilities. And like you said, I guess it's a mentality thing that like, I don't know if they're not prepared for stuff not to go their way or, or what, but it just seems like, there's little things that really kind of like set the, like every game. Sean McDermott is freaked out over a call. We've lost. Yeah.
2: And like, except yeah, for the chiefs. Game. That's, that's the thing is this team, like after little things don't go their way, it seems like the collective mentality of the team just like drains or, or their confidence drains and they get, you know, Josh Allen is, you know, lying on the ground worried about, you know, for lack of a better term, he's whining about not getting a roughing the passer and, and that kind of, like we've all played sports before that mentality drains on you because if you're constantly worried about, you know, getting these little calls and stuff like that, you, you don't feel like, Oh, we're going to beat them anyway. But like, you know, guys that know that they're just going to win the game, regardless of whether the officials like won't do that crap. And
3: it was like Pat Mahomes in the chiefs game after that game was out of hand and he was, yeah, exactly. Exactly.
2: And, and you know, guys will do that. But I think that this team because they're not a physical team even though Sean McDermott wants them to be they don't feed off of anger well like they implode they implode when they oh. get angry some teams get better when they're angry the bills are at their best when things are going their way and they feel like they're throwing the ball around the yard and they've got these like great athletic plays you know they're not they're not at their best when they're down and you know, they get a call that goes against them. Um, last year, it felt like this team could overcome those kind of penalties. And, and this year they yes. can't, yes. Um, at least to this point. So it'll, again, it's about who gets hot at the right time. And, and hopefully we see the best version of this team. Because we haven't seen the best version of this team since, I don't know. I don't even know if we've seen it yet this year. We've beat
3: the class of the AFC, we have, we dominated them and we should have beat the Titans. You know, when it's like, I, I, I don't necessarily, like you said, you don't have to go to the dance with the prettiest girl to leave with the prettiest girl. And I'm sorry, because that's a misogynistic, um, you know what I mean? Metaphor right there. But (laughs) that being said, like, I mean, it's just one of those deals. Like you said, just get us to the dance, man. Just, just get us there, man. I, I don't even care if we make the playoffs at nine and eight, as the last possible yeah, wild card yeah. seed. Send me to, send me like, to the two seed if we, because if we,
2: you're looking at the AFC right now and you're not even worried about playing the one seed. And, you know, who knows how it's all going to shake out? Like Kansas City could still have the one seed, you know, and we could be, ugh. I mean, that just sends me back to how many times we thought that the Patriots were down and they'd end up going and getting the one seed. And so, I don't know. We'll see how the AFC shakes out. Um but
3: give me anybody, honestly. Don't care if it's an away game. Just give me to the playoffs. I think the NFC's, I'm, I'm guaranteed. I mean, I'm not a financial advisor, obviously, world. But I would bet the NFC to win the Super Bowl like five out of six times if they were to do a simulation. Like, I feel like the NFC has a lot more class of teams, complete teams, than the AFC does at this point. Like we don't, even I mean, I almost picked the, the Steelers as an upset, but like, we don't even know that much. I mean, for as much as Josh Allen has underperformed, Lamar Jackson has underperformed. Like, you know, he's just lucky he's got an insane defense and he's got, you know, Pat Ricard lead blocking for him. But, you know, it's, it's like one of those deals we really don't know. These, all these AFC teams have kind of underperformed and then the Patriots are overperforming or they're underperforming and they're much better than we think. But it's just like one of those deals. Like you look at the NFC, you're like, I know these Buccaneers, they're a top-notch team. Packers, top-notch team. Even the Cardinals, top-notch. You know that they're going to dominate against other NFC teams, but in the AFC, maybe it's because the teams are closer in talent. I don't know what the deal is, but it's really not clear-cut who's good and who's not. I mean, like when you look at Zach Wilson beating the Tennessee Titans, it's like you said, anything can happen, and it's it, that's what I, I don't know. The the AFC particularly, but I guess the NFL as well has just been it's been crazy like that this year. And my biggest fear is that we go like nine and eight and miss the playoffs. And at that point, there's gotta be some personnel changes made, but yeah.
2: I was trying to find it. Um, we, we think of the, uh, the NFC is more uh, having some more dangerous teams. Cause we don't know how to stack up these AFC teams. Cause they all kind of lose to each other and, and have these weird games. Uh, I can't find the the current record of AFC versus NFC teams head to head, but uh Sal, Sal Capaccio tweeted it about a week ago, I think, maybe a little bit more. But at that point, uh, AFC teams had a winning record against NFC teams by a pretty good margin, which I thought was surprising because really? I mean the NFC's got the Cardinals and, and the Rams and you know the Rams have dropped a couple, I guess, but and the Packers as well. Like you're right. I would at this point, if I was a betting person, I would I would be taking the NFC over the AFC in the Super Bowl, but Hey, you know, it, all that matters is, is that you get there. You know, there's two giants teams that are telling you that, that that's the, uh, that's the key. Yeah. So,
3: well, onto, on to Tampa as well, Bill would say on to yeah. Cincinnati. But, um.
2: <laughs> You're not wrong. And we can get a little bit more, uh, schematic, um, you know, matchup analysis of Tampa on our, uh, on our Friday show this week. We'll fit it in with Brando's bets and the game picks. Cause I don't want this episode to go for, super long but
3: do you have a uh, do you have a hero of the drought well since you asked Johnny I do (laughs) this is actually an insane one I don't even expect people to get this one I just saw this and I was like you know what I better name drop this guy
1: I'm ready please remove your hats lift your drink and shut your trap as we salute this week's standout of the drought
3: so this guy he was born December 27th, 1970. He, uh, he played in the NFL at 5'11", 255 pounds. All right, so this player, um, he was actually the player that started the drought. This player received the kickoff from Steve Christie, passed it to Steve Wycheck. Well, actually, handed it off to Steve Wycheck, who threw it to Andre Dyson to start the drought. Okay? He's 5'11", 255. Went to Fresno State. He, uh, crazy thing about this guy, he has blocked for 12 different 1,000-yard rushers. He blocked for the NFL MVP in 2007. He's got 807 rushing yards with six TDs and 199 receptions for 1,086 yards and 12 tutties um he's widely considered the greatest fullback of all time blocking fullback in in san diego he had some crazy years blocking for lt um you know he just he's had he's had he's had crazy players play behind him i mean this guy was blocking for you name it he was i mean he was blocking for curtis martin like he was blocking for warwick dunn in tampa bay i mean you know Corey dillon in cincinnati and i mean obviously he did have those years in Tennessee where I mean he did do a nice job for Eddie George um, but he has a workout channel on YouTube you can check it out Um, he uh, yeah he also has the same first name of a Buffalo Bills outside linebacker who um, got a nice ceremonious um, recognition two years ago Um, so he's got he's got the last name of our big nickel corner okay that helps and the first name and the first name of a former Washington Redskins converted offensive lineman to linebacker.
2: Oh, This is tough. So his last name's Neil.
3: Yep. He started the drought. He single-handedly you know, started the drought. Handed the ball it's off so to Steve funny Wacek. Because I
2: know this thing uh, Steve Wycheck and uh, Dyson, like those were the two guys that I knew from that exchange um, in the in the Music City Miracle. But so LT was the uh, MVP in what two thousand six that you said that he blocked for when Daniel Tomlinson? Good. Okay. Yep.
1: That doesn't help yeah. me at all.
2: But and you said he blocked for Eddie George. What what a what a cast of running backs to to block for, honestly.
3: That's what he eleven different eleven different his through I think it was what it was it say he played seventeen years. Okay. Yeah. And he blocked for I think eleven different one thousand yard rushers. Wow.
0: Yeah.
2: So probably gun, probably the last of the great fullbacks, honestly, because fullbacks are a dying breed and Yeah. Nah, I'm not gonna get it. It's uh Lorenzo Neal. I was trying to Lorenzo
3: Neal. Lorenzo, oh, like Lorenzo Alexander <laughs> Yeah. I for, I didn't know he played offensive line. Yeah, uh, he started as an offensive lineman for the Redskins. Really? Or well that's WFT, crazy. but um Right. Now WFT.
2: Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, because I knew that he got he originally played in, in Washington. I didn't know he was an offensive lineman.
3: Yeah, but Lorenzo Neal, you SOB, you single handedly started the drought. All you had to do is just take that squib kick and and fall down. And (laughs) you know what I mean? The Bills potentially are playing the Rams in the Super Bowl, but you, Lorenzo Alexander, getting coached up by the infamous Jeff Fisher, like, I just, I felt like he needed a shout out because he did single handedly start the drought. Um, unfortunately uh, so never 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 played for the bills though huh no but he is the hero of our drought because he uh was he 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 made it he he made our drought he's the he's the reason why we suffered for 17 years so yeah thank you lorenzo neal um thank you for blocking for 11 different 1000 yard rushers and lt when he won the mvp but honestly if you would have broken your ankle on that play that would have been awesome I and mean, not <laughs> Knock on the rock to Steve Weichek, but uh, well, it was a forward lateral anyway. So yeah, man, come on, instant replay. Wait, where was that? Where was that? Rob Johnson shouldn't have even been out there though. That's you know, yeah, should have been Doug Flutie. No. I I was thinking about putting Rob Johnson as a hero of the drought at some point, but then I was like, ah, he played on good teams and then just brought him down. But <laughs> I was like, I gotta give Lorenzo a shout out, and then I really wanna, I really wanna dive into that Steelers game where we got in 2004 on. and then yeah. recognize one of those players because they were also heroes of our drought, keeping it going. Um, Tommy Maddox, bro, XFL MVP, Tommy Maddox, but <laughs> I don't know. All right. Well,
2: I think I was going to wrap it up for this one. Uh, as you guys know, you can follow us on Twitter at not buff podcast. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, this week will be very telling. Although, uh, you know what? I think they can still drop it to the bucks and, and still sneak into the playoffs. So
3: yeah. You know, Cause I mean, it, we really crap, dude, we could lose this game to the bucks and we could lose the Patriots again and still go 10 and seven, but yeah. Yeah. Well, that's
2: not exactly where you want to be, but
3: yeah, no, you're, you're I think we could beat them again in, in Foxborough though. Honestly, I felt 100%. like this game was a lot. I, we should have won this game. Honestly. So. Yeah.
2: hundred percent, but all right, well petty until Friday. I'll see you then. And, uh, keep it real. Keep the bucks Jersey going. I, maybe it's like bad luck for, for the bucks or something like that.
3: I hope so. I'm a very jinx prone person. So hopefully they get some of my bad (laughs) juju. Uh, All right. Go Bills. All right, Johnny. Go Bills.